Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of our AM Minnesota program. Faribault's Fire Chief and Emergency Management Director, Dustin Deanst is in studio today. Timing could not be more perfect for him to be joining us this morning because we're in a flood warning. Well, not Rice County is, right? I believe so. Flood warning? Yep. Because they're anticipating at least the cannon in Northfield to go above flood stage. Correct. And that's what I saw this morning was the the cannon... Granted, we, our water is obviously really high here, but it, it's all headed there. So the further downstream, like we know, they get, they get the wrath more. I always used to give Mike Johnson a hard time in Oatana when we'd flood here because just like this, it's their water. I mean, we only, I dumped out two inches of rain. That's not enough to make these rivers do what they're doing, but it's all Steel County water, all the watershed water that's south of here that's making our life difficult right now. Well, New Richland got eight inches in just a few days last week. Yeah, and that and that straight river watershed goes, I don't know if it gets all the way to New Richland, but it it's down to Lake Geneva. I'm looking at my map here. It's a long ways down there. So there's, they got a lot more water, a lot more rain down there, and that all comes through us. And then, of course, uh, tack the cannon on here in, in town and then send it all to Northfield. So I... I get after uh, Mike Johnson when he was working there, but they can get after us. Well, according to some rain gauge reports, Dale West of Faribault reported just under five inches Ooh. of rain. So that, that gets into the cannon there. That's the largest. In, and it's showing you how spotty it is, right? I was really surprised when I dumped mine out this morning and there was only two inches in there. I would have bet, I was thinking more four or five, just looking at, what's going on on the landscape. I can't read Jerry's writing here. South. I'll let you see. Let me see that. See if you can read that second to the last one there. Where is Jerry? Let's get him in here. You got to work on this. (laughs) Is that south of Cannon Lake? I don't know what that says. I... Now you know what I go now through. Now I know what you're going through, Jerry. There is n- don't have a clue what that says. <laughs> Turn it upside down and it says the same thing. So. Uh, I know. It's, it's, that's what you go through sometimes. But anyway, uh, east side of Norm on the east side of Cannon Lake reported four inches and 4.95 inches by Dale west of Faribault. So that's quite a bit. As that's you what, said, you had two inches? Yeah, just north of Faribault, just two inches. That's how scattered it is. Yeah. And it really rained. It was that Saturday night when I, it was really raining hard. It was after dark. I could hear it on the windows. I would have thought it would be more. But uh, two inches is still enough, but four or I, five. I broadcasted a ball game. I didn't think we were going to have in Randolph. It was light drizzle throughout the whole game. That was it. I, when I left, it was raining fairly hard here. When I got back, it was raining even harder here. 
Yeah, but even so, like Saturday, I mean, it rained all day, but it wasn't during the day. Rain wasn't I wasn't that crazy. Even yesterday's rain was more of a a nuisance rain. It wasn't a downpour or thunderstorms like we're used to. Our last couple big floods were just training thunderstorms that kept coming through. This was just a, a slow moving, slow system. moving, just sat there for two days and rained over these watersheds and it all comes through town. Yep. Rolf, west of the Reliance Bank, two and a half inches. Mark, southeast, Faribault, 3.1. I think that's a three. Second one, is that a three? Yeah, I would three? say that's a three. <laughs> I'm talking to Jerry when we're done here. Last eight days, Jerry's had six inches on his farm. Yeah, the south, I was down, Saturday I was down uh, in Clark's Grove, and it's a mess down there. You know, it's flatter down there, and, boy, there's water standing everywhere. Well, I can't even hazard a guess as to what that says. Anyway. Too much rain. We went from feast to famine when it comes to, or famine to feast. Two years of drought, and then here's how you come out of it. There's nothing we can do about this. I understand that. Correct. But what sort of things can we do to prepare for these situations? Well, I, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job in town. So I started yesterday watching the rain gauge on my iPad and knowing that I happened to look at it and it's like, holy smokes, it's coming up fast. And that's, that, again, was Steel County water, I would call it. Uh, but so you start thinking, and I made my normal rounds a few different times throughout the evening and overnight. And most, we're, we're setting better in Faribault than we ever have. Of course, the wastewater treatment plant was always the big crux because that affects just about everybody in town, or not just about, affects everybody in town when that's not working. And that flood wall, so this is our first time where we really, really get to test it. And we tested a couple months ago, and it, you know that wasn't much of a test compared to last night. We still had estimated five to six feet before we would have been to the top of that flood wall. So I'm pretty, I was happy to see that. I'm pretty confident in what we were seeing. My my flood gauges are not mine. Our flood gauges that we have along the river and comparing them to what I was seeing is kind of why I wanted to not just rely on my iPad gauge. It gives you a, a better sense of a better feeling not so nervous or not so anxious of what's going on because we we have that built in at the the treatment plant and that's really the part of emergency management the mitigation part where when you have a problem you take care of it and then you don't have a problem anymore and and now you don't have to sweat those things so never say never don't take it off the list but it is not the first place i go to now when the water's rising it took a few times, right, for FEMA to say, yeah, go ahead and build it. Well, permit. yeah, there's probably a lot that goes into that, but it wasn't a cheap endeavor. And there, and it, when you get into those mitigation projects, you're competing with the New Orleans of the world and Katrina, you know, so there's only so many dollars and you're in a, in a put the hat in the bucket and find out if your name gets drawn and if there's enough money to do your project. So it was finally our time and it's paying off because... That would have been pushing the limit last night. When that water got up close, we were getting close to having to consider doing some things down there. Not not anymore. No, so that's, I, that's, that's good news. How about uh, Tipitanka? 
So Tipe Taco, there's two things down there. We have the park itself, but what's even more important than the park is there's a lift station down there that helps the the systems of those, those homes on the west side of what avenue is that? Is that Third Avenue? Third Third Avenue going down to Tipe Taco Park. Anyway, those homes. So there's a lift station that helps those people along there. That's down. It's not under the viaduct, but at viaduct lower level. That's always a concern. We've had to sandbag that in the past. That's on our to-do list someday to raise that up because there's a big electrical transformer there. And if that goes underwater, then the lift station doesn't work. And then those houses don't have sewer. Uh, So we still had three or four feet of buffer there. So again, the the straight was high, but it still had three or four feet to go to affect the cheese caves uh, or that lift station. Tipitaka had a, a lot of water in it. We closed that down. Keith Walker with Parks closed that yesterday morning uh, when the water started backing up into there. And then it eventually did come across from the south and cut across Diamond One. Uh, it's down, it's lowered about a foot since about 3 a.m. when I was there this morning. But at that time, there was only eight or six or eight inches of a four-foot fence on Diamond One that was sticking out of the water. So there was was a lot of water in there. All right. We'll visit more with our Emergency Management Director for the City of Faribault and Fire Chief Dusty Deanst. When AM Minnesota continues, right now we need to get that opening market report. Service of your KDHL agri-boosters, including Matt's Roofing, specializing in any shingling project, farm buildings, residential roofing, over 100 years combined experience, no payment until completely satisfied. Call Troy at 507-838-2254 for more details. Northland Buildings, quality pros frame construction, northlandbuildings.com. And Nate at Insulation Services, Inc. You can discover all the advantages of spray foam or blown in insulation. Nate's phone number is 507 993 45 70. Soybeans are higher. Corn and cattle are mixed. Hogs are higher. Hello, I'm Megan Grebner with your Roundfield Commodity Update. For elite genetics paired with simple, flexible, and effective weed control, plant Stein and list C3 soybeans. Stein has yield. Yield plus advantage. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are higher on fund and technical buying, shrugging off Friday's bearish supply and demand report. USDA's crop reports come out this afternoon, and while planting progress has been running ahead of the average pace, recent rains have likely slowed progress in some areas. The USDA did announce a soybean meal sale to Poland for the 2022-2023 marketing year. July beans up 21 at 14.11. August beans up 15 and a quarter at 13.33 and a half. Corn is mixed, mostly higher, adjusting spreads. USDA's crop report comes out this afternoon. Recent rain events and the forecast of rain could slow corn planting progress. There's some strength in the market as there are expectations that Thursday could mark the end of the Black Sea grain initiative. July corn up 10 and a half at 596 and three quarters. September corn up a nickel at 515 and three quarters. The wheat complex is supported by fund and technical buying. An extension to the Black Sea Grain Initiative is seeming less possible and could end on Thursday. An industry tour begins to take a closer look at the quality of the hard red winter crop. July wheat in Chicago up 25 and three quarters at 660 and three quarters. September wheat up 25 at 672 and a half in Kansas City, July wheat up 25 and a quarter at 902 and a quarter in Minneapolis, July wheat up 24 and a quarter 
at 870 and a quarter. Live and feeder cattle are mixed ahead of the week's direct cash business. June live cattle down 50 cents at 163.90. August lives down 62 at 161.82. August feeders up 57 at 229.55. Hog futures are up on oversold signals. Butcher hog prices at the Midwest cash markets are $4 higher at $52. June lean hogs up $1.65 at $85.75. July lean hogs up $167 at $87 even. I'm Megan Grabner for Brownfield. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Dustin Deanst is our guest here on AM Minnesota. We're talking flooding primarily this morning. Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency Nearstrand is another one of our KDHL Agri Boosters. He helps protect all things that are important to you. Krennic Stump Grinding Farable. Chris Krennic is the guy to call 491-2948. 491-2948. They are... Again, we got three trays, and you know who puts everything in one tray. And I always tell them there's three trays for a reason, to separate the pages. But that's how it goes. Anyway, (laughs) Dustin Deanst is with us. So on the flooding issue again, you said Tipitaka, a bit of fence is out? Isn't that what I heard? No, it was underwater, but I... It's hard to tell from the angle that I was looking at it from the bridge, like everybody else. It doesn't look like the fence got knocked over. Now, the water's still honking through there, so it's not over yet. But And water has a tremendous amount of power. Yeah, and w- what then happens as that water goes through there and the leaves build up, and you know it'll go through a chain-link fence like nothing and no big deal, but as soon as you start getting some of that stuff collecting on there, now it becomes a wall. So hopefully... It, from what I saw this morning, we were maybe going to dodge a bullet on the fence going down. But the water was still booking through there pretty good, so that you never know what it looks like now. Well, I did hear, and hopefully I heard this right, that we have had approval to move those fields. Well, there's a, an agreement with the school district to do games at the middle school fields. So I do believe, I know I was talking with Keith Walker yesterday, that we were not, if the next time they go down, whenever that might be, that they were, there's a pretty good chance that they weren't going to put them back up. But as long as they're up, there's no sense taking them down. That, right. I mean, we're talking so, the Little League fields and Tipitaka. Yeah. The more fields you have just for kids to play on, the better. But will they get rebuilt next time? You know, that's at this point, the thought was no, but we don't know that. But there is a, there is a replacement plan or a, a, the next step. Well, not needing them. They couldn't get permission before from FEMA to do it. Yeah, well, you, to get the money, you either, I, I believe this is all it went, is you either got no money, you weren't, you, you get money to put it back up. If you're not putting it back up, then you're not getting any money. Well, I, they could put it back up, but in an area that's not flood prone is my point. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, there's just not land sitting around as big as Tipe Tonka is, that's just true. waiting for some ball fields because that's, that's all valuable land around. But there is plans out uh 17th Street out in the Rick Cashin housing area that the park's going in there. And I think there was talk of... There was talk of putting it behind Bell Field. There's a lot of there area was, there. There was talk of that. That's that's low and wet, but there's there's a lot of ideas around. Um, I know the, the, the one that did happen or the replacement plan is the, the middle school fields. 
just using just having an agreement with the school district because there's a lot of fields there and they're they get used but randomly get used so with some scheduling you could get more use in those fields which is you know why they're there it's nice to see kids playing on fields as opposed to a bunch of empty fields so folks you live in Faribault, you live in northfield you probably want to check your insurance flood yeah, insurance yeah you don't and you can't take it out today no <laughs> so you got to take it out there's a time fr- frame you have to have it but i think most people like we were talking earlier at the station is we have some trigger points in our flood plan that we let people know and there's a gentleman out on highway three on the end of back rack that uh he knows that river better than any of us i stopped and talked to him yesterday and uh just to make sure in case he was taking a nap or he's out of town but he had his car backed in so he was facing out and he told me when the water about a block down the road when the water is halfway over the road that's my signal to go. So he he didn't need me to tell him. He knew when he was going to be going. And, and the people that live along the, the Woolen Mills behind on 14th Street there, I mean, we, we have a plan that we're going to let them know when things are going the way they were going. Uh, but they likely already know. It's their backyard. So is it even now at the dam? Nope. And I from what I saw, it never was even. I know a couple of people told me overnight that, it was even, but if you really get down in there, there's actually a couple bumps that go on on that dam. It's not just a, a waterfall over. There's a, If you look at it closely, there's a level, there's a little bit of a bump down, and then it goes down again. And, it, and I want to say, I'm guessing, and which is terrible to do, there's at least six to eight inches of, of fall there from the, the upper portion to the to the fall. So it was, I get, I get really nervous when there's no fall and I haven't seen that now since I think 16, it's just a bunch of bubbling and it's level all the way across. That means it's all the way up to the bottom of the second Avenue bridge. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't close to that today. Uh, so even though at first glance, when you go by there, it looks level to the, as level as it can be, it was not even that. I was happy to see that it wasn't level. So we, we didn't, we were probably about an inch from our trigger point of sending out some notification pages on Everbridge to say, hey, the water's really high. We can just narrow it down to the people that are affected by that water. But it was 3 a.m. I knew everybody was sleeping. And again, most of these people are, uh, know what's coming up. So if it wasn't earth shattering news to let them know, and at that time, also, my gauge was showing that it was leveling off, so and it was done raining, so I was pretty comfortable that we were um, in the clear. I, I, I try not to assume that, but I've worked through a bunch of these floods, and I get a pretty good feel for them, and that's why I like to go out and physically see what's going on as opposed to just watching the gauge so I can relate the two. And as much as we don't like how aggressive the straight river is, it comes up pretty fast. I really like it at the tail end of a flooding because it drops really fast too compared to the cannon. Have any idea why that is? It's the, I think the grade of the, the river, um, the watershed of it, it, get, it, gets, it gets here fast. It's when it converges with the cannon, if you look at the cannon landscape and watershed, it's all the lakes out to the west. It's a lot of swamps. It's, I think it's a, a lot 
there's a lot more storage of water and it's a it's a little bit different than the straight river which is through steel county more farmland maybe a little more aggressive runoff because of farmland and tiling and and not the amount of sloughs and lakes that meters out the water through culverts and dams so it's a it's a little bit there are two different animals that come together in our town and you know that keeps from tornadoes from happening. Oh, already. don't even get me. <laughs> so, but they come to town, and I always relate it to. This is our emergency management director <laughs> saying this. Well, I was just trying to get your goat, and it worked. But <laughs> where they come to town, it's a, I, I compare it to 35W and 494. You know, both those roads can be doing just fine, but when they come together, it just becomes a mess, and the traffic slows way down on them. So that's that really is what happens here when the straight is aggressive and really gets filling up fast. That doesn't let the, the Cannon River water that wants to get out of there get out of there as fast as they can because there's all that straight river water in there. So, but the, once the straight river stops dropping, that starts dropping, that allows the Cannon River to actually drop also. So, um, I'm feeling better about where we sit today, and thankfully the weather looks good for the next few days, so we can get this river back down before the next rain. The flood warning. I don't have my phone with me with a flood warning. It's in effect a one tomorrow morning, right, or Wednesday morning. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know when that goes off. But the, so Northfield's got some water coming at them, all of our water, and further downstream from that. And I know the Minnesota River Basin is really they got the the brunt of these rainstorms, so they're gonna that's gonna be an issue for them. Of course, all that water ends up in the Mississippi. So that's going to add to the high water level that they have there. Uh, so there's, even though I'm talking confident and our water is dropping and I feel good about that, it's not everybody's in the same uh, position that we are because we're, when it comes to the Cannon and the Straight River, we're pretty high on the watershed. Flood warning, river flood warning from Monday, 1 a.m., to Wednesday, 1 a.m. And I'd say they hit that pretty much right on. I mean, the water was rising pretty fast yesterday, but when I was out about 3 a.m., that's when it, it's about when it peaked here. My gauge doesn't get right down to the, the time of day. But at about 3, if I remember right, that's when they started the crest on my gauge here. Minor flooding forecast, Cannon River Northfield, late tonight to early Wednesday morning. 897.5 feet. Floodwaters reach Carleton College soccer fields. Babcock Park north of downtown begins to flood at that level. And they are saying at 9.30 last night, the stage was 896.7. Forecast, the river is expected to rise above flood stage just after midnight tonight to a crest of 897.5. Early tomorrow afternoon, it'll then fall below flood stage. Tuesday evening, flood stage is 897. And uh, they say it, this compares to a previous crest of 898.1 feet in 2019. Okay. So my gauge, I'm just showing Gordy, my gauge on my iPad doesn't have those same corresponding numbers, but you can see that it's it's rolling over and it's it's starting to drop ever so slightly so if you looked at the, the Steel County on here or the, the Straight River, that's dropped well over a foot, and this is probably more like two inches. 
because of course this has the straight river water and the Cannon River water. This this is at the Highway 29 bridge north of town. That's where we measure the Cannon River. The straight river gauge is south of Faribault uh, on a bridge. And those gauges are interesting. I watched a guy a couple months ago. We had a, a the Cannon River gauge stopped sending signals when the snow was melting, and that was a little concerning. Uh, so I went out there to see what was going on, and the USGS guy who works on those was actually there, and and something had something had hit. He didn't know if a, a, a though it was really windy that day, and if the gauge had got turned and and it was hanging. The, the antenna looks like a UHF antenna, and it's pretty big, and it, he thinks it got clipped by a a truck or a tractor or something because the wind spun it over the road and it's supposed to be out over the river. Uh, but they, they mount those on a bridge and they're calibrated and it shoots a, a beam down to the water level and then back up and that's how we can tell. So it's kind of backward from a fish finder, but same idea. So it's pretty interesting and it's really, it's really great to have those on each side of our town. We know what's going on. Did you get out for the fishing opener? I did not. I, I had my boats out and ready, but I did not go. I had some other things going on and... Um, course we didn't have real great weather to be out fishing no, that's so. true you didn't take mom fishing either huh did not nope we uh we had a few other things going on so we we went and goofed around a little bit yesterday we went up to cities and eight and beautiful up there it wasn't even raining up there but no we we just hung out and then i had to run around and watch the rivers do what they do but well, I'm glad that we don't have to sandbag. Yeah, that's the, you know, we have some sandbags put together, but some of them are getting a little bit old, and I got a feeling if we picked up on some of those bags, our sand would all just go out the bottom. So we don't try to pre-make them because that's what happens when you don't use them. We can rally pretty quickly and put a bunch together, but, uh, you know, LaDonna Lane is another area that we've had to work deal with before, and they've straightened that along there and did some work along there, so that's not really... That's not an issue. It hasn't been since we've had snow melts or this rain. It's not even a thing to worry about. So we've taken care of some of our highly intensive flooding areas that need sandbags. So that, and that's what you're supposed to do. You learn from the last one and try to avoid having to go through that again. Well, my sister lives in Fargo and they, they sandbag almost every spring. Yeah. And, and because their mitigation is I want to say nothing's impossible, but just about. So we have things that we can take care of for the right amount of money, but there's things up there, that flatness and the just mother nature, you're, there's no fixing some of that. But we need about a week or so of dry weather, don't we? Yeah, because we, you know, we were up about, it was about 50 days ago when we were, the snow melted and we were high and it hasn't really rained a ton around here, but the ground was saturated from the snow melt going in and no frost. And it really showed when we got a, a, I wouldn't say this was a really crazy rain that we have. I mean, it wasn't intense thunderstorms or downpours. Uh, south of here, of course, had a lot more rain, but we didn't. But look what happened when you have wet ground and the lakes were all filled up from the snow melt, the high snow, and it, it all runs downhill. So it all gets into the rivers real fast. Any other topic you wanted to hit here in the final three minutes? Well, I do want to, we've had a couple fires here lately and uh, lithium ion battery wasn't 
an issue in our last fire. It was an extension cord. So I just want to want people to think about these things. We've talked about them for years and years that extension cords are temporary and you shouldn't use them for very, to run too many things or for very long. Um, keep track of those. Don't let things get put on top of those. They can heat up the cords, extension cords built to be out in the open so it can cool as they, the electricity goes through it. Uh, our last fire really, it really was extension cord having stuff on top of it and got that stuff on top of it hot. So we really have to be careful uh, when we have extension cords, where we run them, we don't run, run them under rugs, under doorways, pinch points, uh, and make sure you use a big enough cord if you need to use one. And if you need to use one for more than a month or so, then you likely need to have an outlet wired into the wall because you have a good reason to use electricity there for a while. So try to limit using extension cords. This is the first time in a while we've had an extension cord issue on a fire and it just kind of brings it back to home. Um, Was it an old extension cord? Nope, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it really had anything more to do with the cord. Seemed like it was likely big enough to carry the amperage that was uh, the appliance was using downstream. It was just that there was stuff on top of it. And it, what's really a heartache about some of the last few fires, doesn't matter what started them, is, is as our homes, as we all get older, but our homes get older, these, these fires that in my book are smaller fires. I mean, this was just a bunch of stuff in the basement that caught on fire, but because of the damage that the smoke does, and then we do putting it out, because of the age of the home and insurance companies and looking at what it costs to rebuild, uh, it gets into maybe not rebuilding or having to knock it down, start all over, which means nowadays you're going to be out of your home for well over a year by the time you get a house built because contractors are all busy. So a little fire can really mess up your life here for a while. So yep. be careful. Make sure too, when you check those insurance policies, you have replacement value, right, Dusty? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Hey, thanks for coming in. Always enjoy it. Thanks for having me. And uh, hope everybody stays dry. It's good to hear that we're not, uh, even though we were in a flood watch over the weekend, really not in any imminent danger here. Have yourselves a great rest of the day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.